Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, brash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bean Town edition of the Chad and Cheese podcast. I'm Joel Cheeseman. And I'm Chad Sowash. Today, we are lucky enough to be visiting the headquarters of Jobcase with CEO Fred Goff. Fred, welcome to the uh, the podcast. Hopefully, it won't be the worst decision you've ever made. <laughs> Hopefully not. Great to be on the Chad and Cheese show. Thanks for having me. <laughs> so give us uh, a lot of our listeners do not know you, do not know Jobcase. Give us the elevator pitch on sort of you and your background as well as the companies. Let's do the, the fun one first, which is the company. So Jobcase is the, the only social media platform that's just dedicated to empowering people in their work life. Uh, we've grown to about 106 million registered members, but probably what's more relevant is 25 million monthly active uniques. We have about 70 million arrivals a month. I think with regard to talent acquisition in Jobcase, I think Comscore has got us ranked fourth largest in the nation at this point. Um, so we're pretty active in that ecosystem. Um, but what this company is about as you've seen today is really about empowerment it's about um, how we can give people one place to keep all their stuff that they own and control and decide where it goes and how we can connect them with a network of other people that forms a community and that's really the difference about us uh, and, and how we position I think the the press likes to call us LinkedIn for everyone else, and we're not necessarily crazy about that. Um, I have a lot of respect for LinkedIn, but it's different. Um, this is about a community. This is about getting you in touch with people that you might not know and how they support you with empathy and how that can empower you to figure out if you lean in and take the reins of control that all these aspects of future of work that might be daunting could actually work for you. Um, and that comes from a place of empathy, not just a lot of uh, uh, career pathing. Um, and then the last part of us is we talk about tools to make it easy. We talk about a community that empowers you then what's our responsibility, given that we have that community and all these networked people, um, then it turns to advocacy. And we think that the, the turn for us is to advocate for uh, workers in this nation and try to have boardrooms pay a little bit more attention to workers and a little less to shareholders. And for our international listeners, you are only U.S.? based you north america like give us an idea of your footprints where are we as of may 29th 2019 (laughs) yes but at the point you might be listening to this podcast no we might be right around the corner ah so you heard it here first what uh geographical location will you be opening up first well that would be premature but um i think i have to ask uh, the questions well you know you know what joel we're if we look at what we're trying to achieve, we want to get to a billion members globally. And uh, one of the reasons we want to do that is the power of the network effects allows us to advocate for workers more. And we've seen that. I'll give you a quick example. It's a very micro one. We had 400 people that drive for um, Uber in Houston, as an example. And, um, and this was a while ago, and they had one person um, who started uh, complaining. He got kicked off the Uber platform. And this is a fellow who had now made it his full-time job, basically. And uh, it was kicked off for an old picture, something ridiculous like that. And, um, 
in these complaints, we took that conversation and we surfaced it to Solis, a city manager in Houston. And, and we said, Solis, just so you know, 400 of your drivers are watching this conversation. Wow. And within a day, that person was reinstated. They took eight days of his average, his average daily earnings, gave him eight times that to make him whole. And that's the first time we realize the way we think of ourselves is it's almost a union, right? It's almost like if we could advocate for people, um, it's got a very positive effect, but from a place of positivity, right? Not a, it's yeah. a very positive community. It's not one that's out to rabble around. It's one that's here to support people. It feels like the very first time social media really works on the employment side of the house. I mean, what we're seeing all the social kind of happen and then they're getting into, you know, quote unquote work. Where did you come from first to be able to, to be able to get to where you are today? Because that, that's a very positive story. Um, most of the stories that we're hearing are incredibly negative uh, on the social media side of the house. Yeah, I, I have a very um, probably rare story to end up in this space, but uh -huh. I'm thrilled for where I'm at. I mean, John Lennon has this saying, life is what happens to you while you're making other plans. Uh -huh. And I'm thrilled the way life turned out. I actually think I'm fixing my karma for the next life, maybe. Um, <laughs> I was a hedge fund guy. I was a portfolio manager. I managed a billion bucks for Bank Boston, Robbie Stevens. I got the vision or the view that uh, technology should have evolved asset management as much as other industries. I went back to MIT and teched up and got a master's in the management of technology. Uh, I studied um, with my thesis with Clay Christensen, so I'm a big believer in Clay's whole disruptive theory. Um, and I came out and started a machine learning based hedge fund. And uh, that worked really well until it didn't. <laughs> so we didn't really see the Lehman bust. Um, we went to cash a few weeks before. And so people that were invested in that fund were very happy because we weren't a blow up scenario. But on the other side of that, um, it was pretty clear that the, the future was not going to rhyme with the past when you're at the end of 2008. And so we had an existential question with regard to uh, the asset management. Do we do R&D and, and hunker down for a year? Do until this mother of all black swans blows over? Do we split the cash and go home? And, and what we did was a third road. We, we forked the technology. And we took the team and technology that was proficient in high dimension optimization and in predictive modeling um, and, um, and machine learning. And we brought it over into the online media space. Um, instead of constructing portfolios of securities, we constructed portfolios of Google, Yahoo, Bing keywords. Instead of predicting markets, predicting consumer behavior. And uh, I probably would have thought if, you, if the Chad and Cheese show could invent podcasts first and then be around in 2008, um, or maybe they were around then and I was ignorant of them. Um, I think back then, um, I probably would have thought I'd do that for a few years. When we first came out, our first iteration was um, a little bit more of an ad tech play because we were very focused on paying the bills. Um, and uh, we moved forward and then we got successful enough that in around 2014, we, we were able to pause and were able to say, okay, what do we, what do we wanna do when we grow up? We had had enough success as a self-funded firm. We'd never had a lot of capital raised. It was just whatever was left in the coffers in 2009. Um, and we grew completely organically. Uh, and that's when we really focused in on what today is surfaced as the future of work issues. That wasn't really talked about back in 2014, but that's what we built Job Case for. And then we went through a transition of moving from a, 
what John Doerr might call a mercenary culture to a missionary culture. Um, before it was very math-based what we were doing, and in 2014, um, all the knock walls came down of charts and numbers, and they all went up about the people that we were serving, and, and we really focused in on how we could uh, help evolve the ecosystem to help individual people. And um, hopefully that's what you're hearing and seeing today, because that's certainly what motivates me and I think our whole team coming into work every day. You've been labeled LinkedIn for everyone else, which I think is a little bit short-sighted. Um, to me, what's interesting about your platform is you've almost given the keys to the inmates. In other words, your users have this self-growing, user-generated uh, community where content uh, is, is put out there for users to help each other with all things job-related, right? Like uh, getting work, uh, how to deal with certain issues in the, in the workplace. Was that on purpose or was that kind of a happy accident as you were building the company? No, it's it's very on purpose to have a platform where people help people. At, at the end of the day, if there's one thing you know about us, it's not what the press wants to call us. We're building a platform where people help people. That's what we're doing. We're, uh, and if you talk to, you're gonna talk to my CTO after, after this chat. Um, He's trying to leverage machine learning to help people. Everything is about helping people, right? That's, that's the, the core North Star. And from that regard, um, I think we've always had some humility. Um, when we first uh, were launching JobCase, uh, even before that, if you were to say, you know, right downstairs, the paradox of what we're building <clears throat> is in order to build a platform that serves up to a billion people and really empowers them and then advocates for them, the skill set that requires is extremely advanced. We, we hire machine learning scientists out of, out of MIT, software engineers, Carnegie Mellon, um, extreme quantitative skill sets from places that have backgrounds like Princeton and Cornell and all this stuff. And we're serving people that um, have a different level of skill set. Those that uh, have 67% right. of country with high school degrees and, yeah. and all of that. Um, and so we have to have the humility that does my team know how to get a job at Walmart? No. You know who the expert in the whole freaking country is at getting a job at Walmart? The lady who got a job there this morning. She knows how, she just did it. So if we could take a digital marketing platform and instead of worry about what ad to serve somebody, worry how can I surface a conversation to the right relevant subgroup of my 25 million active members this month when someone says, how do I get a job at Walmart? If I can surface that on the right channel to the right person who's the expert, the one who just got that job, right. that's how we help. And that conversation transcends talent acquisition. How do I deal with ageism? How do I deal with getting, how do I ask for a promotion? Am I getting paid enough as a nurse in Cincinnati? There's all sorts of questions on the arc of your work life that we shouldn't presume that I have a blog or I'm gonna tell you what to do. I don't know the answer. What I'm gonna try to do is hire really brilliant people to write code and put in algorithms to help you get in touch with whoever it is in the country that's the best. And then what's really cool that happens is communities are forming around this. And you don't just get the answer, but you get the follow on emotional support and you can do it and I believe in you, and don't give up. So and that's really the killer app. What do you do, and that, that is the killer app, but what do you do to harness that so it doesn't turn into this Facebook thing that uh, you're seeing nothing but Trump stories? It's anarchy! I mean, it's just, yeah, it, it, I mean, there's so much, you, I so many of my friends are taking social kind of vacations because it's it's just too much for them and it and it might just be facebook or who knows what it is but how do you uh build this to be able to keep it positive um there's this ai slash human blend behind it which is really cool but how does how does the policing happen 
Uh, that's a great question. Um, I use the metaphor of uh, that Indiana Jones movie where in the very beginning, <laughs> you got the big boulder running. He's just barely in front of it. He falls on his knees and he gets up and he runs through the spider web and he gets... That's, I think that's kind of where we're at. So we've got a complete control based on the kind of volume that we have. Uh-huh. And if we slip up, if the volume gets ahead of us, it'd be a problem. Um, one of the first uh, deployments of... Um, specific machine learning that's pretty advanced that we did had to go to the spammers and scammers. Um, We've got a lot of volume. Um, The first people who figure out where volume is on the internet is not the likely consumer, right? It's not people looking to hire people. It's not that. It's somebody who's who's trying to trick people. And so we had to do a lot of investment to get those tricksters off and that's a continual battle. Are you watching Facebook and these other like bigger platforms to see where they're tripping over themselves and say, okay, early warning system? Yeah, we are with great humility and appreciation for the difficulty of what they're trying to do. Um, And I think that um, um, we have so far succeeded um, there's no bullying on our platform and there's no adjudication if we see it we're going to pull it off and who's deciding that we have algorithms or we have people that are making judgment calls um, and right now that's keeping pace we run a risk that as we break out more and more we fall behind but so far I mean I think we've we've got some plans for that but I don't know I guess all this is to, to say Chad it's a great question it's a huge concern I think we're on top of it for the volume we have today and that we anticipate for the next quarter mm-hmm. um, it's probably not not on top of it for the volume we expect one year from now. So that's what we have to say. All about scaling. Yeah. I want to talk about the war for talent for a second in your own organization. You mentioned your CTO. You mentioned machine learning uh, professionals. We're sitting here at sort of the epicenter of, of Brainiac you know, I can Coast, see MIT. Right? What is that? I computer MIT. lab. Uh, what what I mean, is that? Computer science, artificial intelligence lab. So we're an affiliate of the. It's called CSAIL. CSAIL. But, but um, this is where they're. I'll tell you the last. You know, so it was like two years ago. They they have this uh, uh, new thing that came out of one of our. Um, the lady who runs it is Daniela Roos, just brilliant and a friend of ours, and and she's in the news. And you read this, and they have like you swallow a pill. And this little robot opens up origami style in your stomach and repair a rip in the lining. And then, of course, you excrete out the, the rest of that little when it folds back up. Robot, yeah. So now you don't have to have any incision at all. You're just following. They got a robot in your belly. I mean, the amazing things that are coming out of there is just uh, unreal. And we do collaborative projects with their big data area on things with regard to talent and things with regard to employment. And it's also a great place to hire from. So, yeah, that's right outside the door. So the question is, how do you get someone with the opportunity of building robots, nano robots that go into people's stomachs and curing cancer and creating invisible fish and everything else that we've talked about going on here. <laughs> well, and Facebook and Google's to, and here too. And get them to come work for this itty bitty job board company. Itty bitty I'm job, you're killing it. me. So allow me to correct. One, we are absolutely not a job board company. Um, and with no disrespect to job board companies who offer a great value or a social media platform. But Forget um, that part of the question. Okay. Well, I was being sarcastic. We do that, we we do that really well on the show. My point is, they can work on some really interesting problems. How do you get them to take on the problems that are going on here? Yeah, this is what they care about. Um, I think that... Um, we have a very compelling opportunity here. Yes, we pay competitive wages. Yes, they work with smart people. Yes, we have a creative environment that has a pretty cool culture, I think. But at the end of the day, when you go home as a software engineer or a machine learning uh, person or a, some version of a quant, for lack of a better word, um, data scientist, data analyst, when you leave Jobcase, you know you help people in their normal daily lives. You don't have to guess, they're telling us on the platform. And so, you know, I, I have this um, this little um, 
mechanism I do to to build empathy when I speak at MIT in front of crowds that I haven't talked to before. There's a lot that know us and we'll get in crowds that don't. And I'll say, okay, can you raise your hand if you've gotten a Starbucks or in, and we're in Boston, so a, a Dunkin'. Um, yeah, it's really Dunkin' here. Um, in the last week. And of course, everyone's hand goes up. And I say, now keep your hand up if you know how that barista or cashier got their job or what they're doing next. And of course, all the hands go down. And we say, well, that's why you don't know us. And, and what I see happening in this room, guys, is it's a really interesting thing. It's never failed. After I say this, I lose about a third of the audience. And you see their head tilt about 30 degrees. And you realize in that moment, they're pondering they haven't ever thought about that question. Everyone's really busy. It's not that everyone's jerks. Everyone's busy. Everyone's got their own problems, their own uh, 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 economic issues, their own uh, career paths, their own personal issues. They're just busy and they don't stop to consider the majority of people in this country, the majority of households that don't have enough ex uh, savings to cover an unexpected $500 expense that are sitting across from them, handing them their cup that says Linda on it or whatever at, at Starbucks. And you realize in that moment, they're like, holy crap, what is the rest of this? And, and it's not the rest, it's not niche. It's like 70% of this country, right? And so the it's- The engine it's, of this company. Yeah. Or this country. The engine, right? Yeah. And so when you say, now I've got an opportunity for you to actually help these people in all of these things, A automation, 1099 instead of W2, free agency problem, and the follow-on issues, wage stagnation, and, and all of these issues on the future of work that can be daunting that people are concerned about. When we say, look, if you come here, we're, we're not only addressing that problem, we're harnessing it, and if we can kind of of, um, democratize big data. So I, I kind of, there's one version of uh, our story where we're a compliment not to LinkedIn, to Workday, right? I think Anil Boussri is changing the, the face and really accelerating how HR and, and corporate America is evolving, but he is finding really cool, actionable insights in big data and giving them to Brian Moynihan, CEO of Bank of America, so Brian can make better decisions for his shareholders and his employees about their talent roadmaps. Uh -huh. And we're saying, what if we took those actionable insights and gave them to each individual teller? Because in today's world, his teller is gonna go to Citizens Bank and maybe as well as Fargo, and they might come back to Bank of America, so they have to take that with them. And so talent acquisition, when I go across the street to MIT or others, and we give them the opportunity to empowering the majority of people in this country, it's incredibly rewarding. The, the, it kind of closes itself. So what you just talked about was being able to provide candidates their data because it's their data in a system instead of it being in some disparate system of a company that they worked for 10 years ago, right? So they have information that is carried forward with them. Does that happen in job case today? Is that future kind of forward? What it's is job the case doing? today, uh -huh. and our whole thesis is you need a place to keep your information, right? So it's not just a profile, which of course is open access. Anybody listening to this right now, feel free to go on job case and you can reach out and contact anybody. We're not going to stand in the way of that. We're here to support that and facilitate that. Uh -huh. um, you want to work with my data scientist to do it in a more volume way? Sure, give us a call, but you can do it on your own. Um, and so when we think about that, that's just like a resume or profile. What's important is what the notion that our grandfathers used to have, or maybe our fathers if we're a certain age, which is an employee folder that goes with you. Mm -hmm. And so the issue today is if we know that the average seven, uh, 25 year old has had seven jobs, and if we know further that a whole bunch of people are stitching together jobs during the same week, yes. let alone week, year to year, we need a place for them to aggregate all the feedback. 
that's going to start to fix the weight stagnation problem. One of the attributes about weight stagnation is, in the past, if you move from one job to another within an organization, you have an employee folder to go with you that says you proved yourself, you're growing skills, you're being ushered in. But if you're going to go from Dunkin' to Starbucks to Marriott and job to job without a folder with you, you've got to reprove yourself again and again and again. So if we could surface that through job case praises, if we can surface that through reviews where we can hold and you bring with you, and then expose that as you determine for other employers to find, we think we can help accelerate career paths that way. And so yes, we do that today. What we need to do more of is bridge partnerships with others so they can capture this more easily. And so that's what we gotta get on top of. So we've talked about this in the like Uber style for work um, landscape moving forward mm-hmm. where, I mean, once again, I mean, you can you can rate your, your Uber driver, but your Uber driver can rate you. The same thing flipping over into somebody who's cooking a steak or, or, or working at a hotel or, or, or even doing a product development for That's an exactly organization, correct. right? So, yep. I mean, it doesn't have to be just a barista. It can be a software developer, for goodness sake. So, to me, it sounds like you guys are building, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, more of an Uberization bad verbiage, sorry, or job case Asian, whatever, <laughs> of the, the journey of somebody's career overall, in giving it to that individual person to curate and take care of, right? So that's that's the real key. But making it easy because yes. humans don't do that very well. Yeah, so we have to make it easy for people to praise you. We have to make it easy for you to bring with you. We have to make it easy for you to hit a button and say, I want someone else to have it. If we have a job caser that wants to have their information given to somebody that others might perceive as our competitors, I don't, I don't think of uh, uh, companies in the talent acquisition space as competitors. Anybody who's going to help our members online career path is a partner. Right. But yeah. other people seem to. So if they want to give it to Ian at ZipRecruiter and make sure they have the information, they want to give it to Indeed, they want to give it to LinkedIn. Power to them. Let's make sure we can make that easy to happen. That's that's a view of where we are. That's not where we get our economics. That's our responsibility to the individual person in our community. And I think which will help the ecosystem as we move forward. And like it or not, you have to take the reins of control in your own hands. At the end of the day, Jobcase was built for, th- for, for a person who believes in these things. Um, they care about others. They know they gotta drive their own career and they believe workers should be treated as well as shareholders. If you believe in those three things, you're a job caser. I don't care if you're a PhD, advanced software engineer, enterprise salesperson, or uh, frontline at McDonald's, you're a job caser if you believe in those three things. Fred, last question. Uh, I'm lucky enough to get it. Um, c- can you give us an example of a, cl- a client success story? How are they using JobCase today to fill the their ranks within their organization? Because it, they could be high volume. They could possibly not be a high volume type of client. What's a success story? How do they use JobCase? So there's a uh, there's a large e-tailer whose name I probably should check before I say. But let's say there's a large <laughs> e-tailer that we're pretty close with. And um, uh, <laughs> large detailer, and they um, they have a, a, a hiring need at different peak periods. And um, one of our products is event promotion or event management. And um, this is not about um, when you try to get into events for if a company that is um, hiring at scale. Uh-huh. Um, so it could be a local pizza shop that wants to open up a new shop and they're hiring 30 people at once. Right? We see that at Wegmans, a local grocery chain in the East Coast. Or, or it, it can be a Home Depot opening up a new one. It can, you know, events are um, um, a wonderful way to get a whole bunch of talent at one time to show up. 
But if you're going to do it very effectively, it's not just about the active job seeker. You can't just post it as a job post. What we're able to do in solving this problem, there was a hard to fill place. They were having an issue staffing it and said, we would like to do a promotion. We need to hire like dozens of people at once. Right. What we're able to do is it's about community. Right? It's about our members. So it's not about who's on the site searching, and it's about our knowledge of our members. So we're able to say, okay, how many of our members live within five or 10 miles? And let's say that's about 20,000 in the case I'm thinking of. And how many of our members that live within five or 10 miles of this location um, also uh, have searched for a similar job in the past at any point of their uh, registration with job case? Well, let's say that's down to about like 7,000. And of those, how many have searched for a job anytime in the last two to four months? So they have a little bit of an itch. It doesn't mean they're active today, but I know that they're open to a new opportunity. And so that might be, you know, about half of them. So you got about 3,000. Now, there are members. We know which ones uh, prefer messaging through SMS or through Facebook or, or through uh, uh, Google retargeting or through email. And so we get the message on the channel they'd like about the opportunity of working at this company, not the job. Mm-hmm. That's not what I think is important to people. I think now I think that's just overplayed job descriptions. It's about who am I going to work for? What's the local culture of where I'm at? And it really is about local culture, right? So we've indexed, yeah. uh, uh, you know, 27 million locations people work. Like Bank of America has 23, is 5,300 locations. Home Depot has 2,300 locations. And um, anybody who's been to a Bank of America in Midtown Manhattan versus Bank of America in Weston, Massachusetts, Entirely. knows they are very different cultures, yeah. right? So yeah. it's not better or worse, just different. So an individual person might want to assess that. So we surface the local culture, we get that information to them about the event, and say it's around the corner. We have a, a, a some very clever ways of making sure we reach and schedule, and then we get lines out the door and we get the hiring done. Now, there's one other aspect to that. So in that case, Chad, we have a really a very happy, successful client. They had an event. We promoted to people that they didn't have to wait to search to look for this. Right. We prompted the attention. We we moved people from being inactive to active with something that was relevant to them. Mm-hmm. But here's what's important and different, I think, about us. In addition to going members not clicks it's also about um, how we follow up on the data side when my team goes back on data we want to know that very difficult question everybody probably listening to you wants which is attribution and all this but our view is kind of different where we're coming from I have now contacted all of my my uh, members in this area that we went through that funnel mm-hmm. um, I'm member first, right? And I say I'm, it's not Fred Goff, I mean job case. Job case is member first. So we want to know, now that these people showed up, did you process those applications? Did you hire them? If you did in this process, that's great. If there was something that broke down, we have to fix this. We're advocates for our members. Did we talk to the wrong people? Were they not a fit for you? If so, I don't want to bug people that aren't a fit for you. We need to learn about that. Um, Did you not follow through on them? Well, hold on here. These are my members we introduce you. And I think the trick that we should all do when we think about talent acquisition is go through the mental exercise, even if it's a high volume play, of this is my neighbor I introduced to you. How were they treated and how do you feel about that? Right. Because if you know somebody that was hiring and you said, oh, my neighbor Joe's going to call you. And if Joe calls back and said, he said he would never hire me. Or if he said, he said, uh, uh, um, I'm still waiting to hear from him. He hasn't done anything. You'd be a little miffed. Yeah. Okay, that's the job case view. We want to find the data. Not to prove any attribution about pay me more or whatever. That's not our focus. Our focus is members. And in fact, when we hire salespeople, if you were going down and talk to my salespeople and say, who do you work for? They would say, we work for our members. We're here to get our members good opportunities. 
that's what we're doing. It's all so, about experience. Yeah, and and to follow through. And so, and by the way, then we have uh, this large detailer extremely satisfied with the level of talent they hit coming out the door because we accessed a pool that wasn't readily available through other sources. Yeah. I think I heard him say job descriptions are dead in that process. Yeah, well, I mean, they suck, and I think everybody knows they suck. So, I mean, th this is more of an opportunity and culture where people are, uh, it sounds like aligning and focused more on, on, on that, like more purpose-driven. I think where we're heading is, if, for the most part, and there's exceptions, for the most part, if you don't know uh, what the job is that you're applying to by the title and a couple lines, and you're uh. probably not right for that job, right? Do we really have to go through a paragraph explaining what a cashier is? Do we really have to say, I really want someone who works hard and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's just noise. Now there are occasions we need to clarify, especially as we have multiple organizations and people don't align job titles and et cetera. But these long paragraphs, we all know it's not getting read. What would get read is not what's it like to be um, whatever, uh, uh, an accounting uh, person at a pizza chain in um, um, Western Massachusetts versus an accounting person at a burger chain and say, uh, need them, right? What we want to know is what's it like to work for your company versus another? I get what accounting is. I yeah. get what this is. What's yeah. it like there? How do you treat me? So we think it's about that local talent brand that we want to surface and that's what members are going to care about. Now, obviously there's exceptions, but for the most part, you want to focus on what's it like to work for your company? What are you offering more than uh, uh, 24 bullets on the different tasks you want on some <laughs> job title? Right? So. Well, Fred, thanks for sitting down with us today. We know you're a busy guy. We appreciate it. For our listeners who want to know more about Jobcase, where would you send them? Come to jobcase.com. Be part of the community. This is a free, open access social media site that's about empowering people, and it's for everybody. 15% of our members have college degrees, and either you have a question about work, how to get a promotion, how to uh, uh, deal with uh, an issue of discrimination, how to get a new job, or you are somebody who can provide answers. But if, you're, if you want to come to a place of empathy that's trying to do positivity, social media right, and if you know that the fruits of that labor are going to be us advocating for the workers in boardrooms, not just shareholders, come be a part of our community. Always be closing. And we, we out. Hi, I'm Tristan. Thanks for listening to my stepdad, the Chad, and his goofy friend, Cheese. You've been listening to the Chad and Cheese podcast. Make sure you subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts so you don't miss out on all the knowledge dropping that's happening up in here. The most important part is to check out our sponsors because I need new track spikes. You know, the expensive shiny gold pair that are extra because, well, I'm extra. For more, visit chadcheese.com. The Jim Stroud Podcast explores the discoveries and trends forming the future of our lives. Brain-to-brain -brain communication, robot bosses, microchip implants for workers, and artificial intelligence replacing human workers are all happening now. If you want to know what's happening next, subscribe now to the Jim Stroud Podcast.